Welcome to the Character Arc Podcast. My name is Richard Bertelson. And I'm Ted Hall. We are here every week to talk about movies, television, and video games. And this week, we are going to talk about Dark Phoenix. Hello, Jean. Who are you? The better question is, who are you? Something's happening to me. When I lose control, bad things happen. What we're going to do is we're each going to give a quick synopsis of the film. This will be the first time that either of us knows if the other one theoretically enjoyed the movie. After that, we're going to open up to a broader discussion. Later, we'll talk about what changes we would make if we made the film. And then we'll kind of give our final thoughts. Also, this is the inaugural character arc episode where we have that name. So we'll talk at the end about where you can find us, what you might be able to expect from us, and hopefully you will come visit us. So Ted, Dark That's Phoenix, handy. the darkest of the phoenixes. Ugh. That's how I felt, at least. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to do the synopsis, or want me to do the synopsis first? You can go. Actually, I just wanted to add a tidbit to mine. Sure, so, sure. But you go first. You go first. Okay, so a bunch of X Men kind of do mildly annoying things to each other, but for some reason get so angry and so hurt by everything that pretty much the world's in danger. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I was gonna say, in a second attempt to bring back the Phoenix. <laughs> Supercharged telekinetic girl goes on temper tantrum of not being loved while loving family begs her to come home and stop killing people. Right? (laughs) So it's not just me. Professor X didn't really... Okay, yes. He did something mildly wrong. Right. But her reaction to this is unreasonable. Far more. She is like throwing fucking fits. And of course when she throws fits, it throws police cars and breaks through walls. And And people into stakes. Kind of accidentally kills people uh, who probably just don't want to be a part of these movies anymore, I'm assuming. I'm assuming Jennifer Lawrence was just like, yeah, I'm good. Just, yeah. just, just, just end kill me, me off like, right here. <laughs> like the first quarter of this film, you can just, you can just kill me. I'm good. Uh, Which is a shame because, uh, in my opinion, she's one of only like, okay, there's, how should I phrase this? There's a lot of very good actors in this movie. Absolutely. She's one of the few performances I actually enjoyed in this movie, though. That's funny that you say that because I hear a lot of people who really do not enjoy seeing her well it's not that they they don't enjoy seeing her it's that they don't want every movie to be focused around her i don't get that at all i like her a lot I've always I, I mean i appreciate what yeah. she what she does but i would kind of side with what they're arguing too because you have such a large cast for all sorts of stories in fact that's actually one of my my gripes with this one that <laughs> so you enjoyed when they killed her you i didn't <laughs> but i anticipated that they were gonna kill her and 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 in some ways story structure wise they do use her death as a good launching point for certain characters mm-hmm. to be right now i can't think of any other way to kind of propel characters to to be in conflict like that oh well the movie doesn't know how to do it either no <laughs> i felt like everyone was so angry about people like looking at them the wrong way i'm gonna jump back for one i had a trouble with some of, i think one of the reasons why I, I had trouble with the character motivations was also because going jumping back on the casting real quick again all very good actors who've done very good things i felt like a lot of them didn't have charisma with each other though and i feel like jennifer lawrence and james mcavoy did and that's one thing i really liked but like with Sophie Turner also gave a pretty good performance in scenes, but her in uh, Ty Sheridan who plays Scott, like I didn't, but uh, Cyclops, I didn't believe that at all. No. Um, in fact, okay, so adding to that point, yeah, the movie really did not know how to navigate that as well because you have Hank and Raven and they implied this sort of romantic interest. Like they were in love. But, like they, never, but never in any shape or form was that shown. The, only the, the last line where she says, I love you, is like, okay, well, that came out of nowhere. The only time that they're really alone in a room together is when they're spying on all the teenagers yeah. having a party. And they're like, which is just fucking creepy and weird. Yeah, that is really weird. I mean, I guess, you know, they're... They're on school grounds. They got to keep. Also, in that scene, uh, Jennifer Lawrence says to him, uh, "I don't remember the actor who plays Hank, but he's also a very good actor. He's in a lot of things." Oh, I just forgot his name. Um, Um, Hank is Beast, by the way. If you're just an X Men fan or a casual X Men fan, one of them says they're the last of the first class, and they say it's been thirty years. Yeah, you're both fucking still twenty-seven, though. How is (laughs) you're not now? Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt. Okay, that's the guy's name. You will know him from. The first movie that came to mind was Jack and the Beanstalk, or that he was in that. Oh, shit, he was. <laughs> yeah. That's not what you should remember him from, though. Uh, <laughs> Jack he, the Giant Slayer is what it was Jack called. Jack the Giant Slayer. He, he was. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's been in a lot of things. So yeah, I don't know if you want to say more about like the way the characters interacted. I mean, just the way that I felt like 
Going to the conflict, I mean, for one, for Jean Grey, she gets so upset about these things that she has no control over. She gets upset that she hurt people, fine, I get that. But then the next step is that she learns that Charles Xavier told a pretty much a little white lie at this point because she was abandoned by her. She thought her, both of her parents were dead. Right. Only one was dead. Her father was still alive, but we know immediately her father willingly abandoned her. Right. So... Wanted nothing to do with her. So Charles just saying they're both dead is like the smallest of white lies. They might as well be. And she just... It's, it comes off like a five-year-old stomping through a city. It's like um, the end of Honey, We Blew Up the Baby, where the baby's yeah, actually trampling over the city. <laughs> I actually would like to touch on that point, but I'll, I'll save that toward the end in terms of change. Well, how about, why don't we do this in a broad stroke right now? So wh overall, the movie, what was your impression? Do you think whatever theme or story it was trying to tell executed it well? No. I don't even know what the theme of this movie would be because I feel like most of the conflict is so weak. And we can get in not just the, not just the stuff between the X-Men, because I think most of that, most of the conflicts the X-Men had were based on such weak things. Even when you go to when Hank's upset with Charles... Yeah, again, he's furious. Like, it's a it's a well-acted scene where he throws the whiskey off the table and stuff. <laughs> but it's like, actually, Charles didn't really do anything that wrong. <laughs> it really feels like uh, a bunch of middle schoolers for one small slight, and they just max it out to 11. And they, and they, how... come, they come back from that from that uh, excursion and they immediately start telling 8 year olds at the school yeah, yeah Jean just fucking murdered the bitch <laughs> <laughs> like, they're like 8 <laughs> uh, there are so many changes that I would like to to touch on but I feel like we'll get to that in a bit cuz there's there's some nitpicking and I think there's some really good points to make but yeah I don't know why they would how did they know is my question because they just walked in oh no no hold on maybe the uh, it was after the funeral I guess but yeah, still yeah. Maybe the who the hell is saying that? Some things back from the young young students, maybe right. you know, maybe the military force that's part of your school right. should keep some of it close to their vest. Yeah, <laughs> my guess is if you were to kind of link any sort of idea, it might have been Beast who was just you know belligerent with grief and just telling the kids, "Don't trust the X Men; they'll get you killed." As he's like walking through the halls in his drunken stupor. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, at least then that would have been a scene of like, oh, that that would have felt like a real moment, someone grieving. But and... see, yeah, okay, that would have in and of itself been a really good moment. But if you were to connect it with the rest of the story, it's so out of place. And I'll get to that right now. Okay. Because okay, how long have these people been together? He is a part of the first class, right? So that means he's seen these kids from when they were younger till now. So when what is definitely perceived as an accident, he goes on a rampage. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill her. It's like, wait, wait, this was your student. This is someone you have been, you've known for years. You know what kind of character they are. And yet none of that meant you, you were also, you were also the doctor who treated her for this massive energy wave being and sucked even, into her. Yes. And even you thought that was strange. Who, who's the problem? Who, Hank? Oh my God. It's like, where are you going with this? Uh, um, on top of that, okay, so the way the scenes were carried out following that, it felt like, because he seems like a very logical person. You know, he's like one of the, he's the, the tech guy, the science yeah. guy, right? And, he's a little older than the rest. Right. He's, he's a little more experienced. He's, he should be a little wiser. Um, and in that, if, if they went full steam with how it was like he got so wrapped up in his emotions, I would, I would go with that. But... And when he goes to meet Magneto, he seems still he still seems very controlled. Mm -hmm. He knows what he's doing. Everything is very deliberate. And that to me is like very out of character, right? For someone who's been in the first class and knows the whole idea of family, suddenly wants to kill one of his family members for an accident, right? It's just it's it's just way over the top. He goes and specifically sticks Magneto on her. Like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> someone who he doesn't have any reason to be particularly trustful of no or to like or appreciate what he's done in the past uh, i was just it, it was upsetting to me i agree with everything you're talking about like it's just kind of flimsy and it's not really shown to you but i also feel like the movie one of the things that's so upsetting about that is the movie hammers so hard on you that these are emotional moments the music swells constantly like even just that opening sequence uh, not the opening sequence of the flashback of Jean's childhood, but when the X-Men first take action, they get on that plane and go to save the space shuttle. 
there's like this montage of like children running through the streets to look up at the plane and like this music is so loud and grand and wonderful and Xavier makes this weird telepathic telepathic call to some random person at NASA which would be super invasive and terrible and it's just meant to be this big epic thing it reminded me of a montage that would be like the last thing they do in a movie but the movie just started like I don't yeah I know who these characters are but I you didn't get me into this yet and then the mission they actually go on ends up being kind of drawn out and boring. Like, they're just sitting in the ship kind of, like, strategizing, and everything they do is just kind of zipping back and forth. It's not, like, it's not particularly exhilarating. <laughs> it uh, slows down so much after they give you that big build-up that you're just kind of like, okay, this is right. all this, this is just like a... It's like we're all operating on just, like, a technicality of how we're going to organize this. It was definitely an oddly-paced movie. In some cases, yeah, I felt like they were drawing out unnecessary information. Although, sorry... When you brought up the space mission, I immediately remembered Cyclops' telescoping laser beam. <laughs> he just kind of, his seat moves and he goes down. Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> I was like, it's so awkward and weird. I was like, just, all right. He just tells Cyclops that he's going to shoot this thing. And so they're all, they're all just in rows in, the, in, like a, in like an airplane, like you'd expect to be. And Cyclops' chair, just in the slowest, most awkward way <laughs> yes. possible, just starts moving towards the center and then very slowly lowers him into a <laughs> turret pit. Like, and then he shoots the thing guys? and then he just kind of comes back up. And it's, the camera does just sit on it. It's almost like a joke itself because it just takes so long. It, takes so, it would have been, it, and it would, even added, it would have even added to the intensity if he like suddenly... You know, unbuckled his seatbelt, ran down to the turret. Granted, the telescope that he puts his eyes in was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> ah, it was just like so. There's only that for him. I like how they so do, he's, they don't necessarily have weapons on the plane. They just have eye holes for Cyclops. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he's the weapon. Ah, uh, yeah. I was just like, oh, that's ridiculous. But going back to the pacing, yeah, like there were some times I was like, why are we, why are we watching some of this? Or there could have been ways that they could have sped it up or gotten to the point a little bit better. It's a very strangely paced film. It will really linger on things, um, and it will double back on information, and it will draw out... Even just the way that a scene is a single scene is paced, it will stick on a hug for just so long, or an odd look for so long, or the end of a scene after everyone's done talking. It'll be forever before it cuts away. Not to mention that some of the scenes are kind of redundant, but also... There's this whole plot that is not like who are the aliens? Thank you. I was going what, to get what to do that. they what do they want other than the power? Why do they want it? I don't know any of their names. I don't know what race they are. I don't know what they're doing there. Absolutely no They are backstory the main villains and we know nothing. Story-wise, they are the worst antagonists because they do nothing. So let's say that Jean Grey is going to be the main character, right? I mean, obviously, the title's Dark Phoenix. Actually, you know when the title screen came up, I think it only said Phoenix. It didn't even say Dark Phoenix. Because they had the weird little fire loops around the O. <laughs> I, I, and then it just said Phoenix. Did it say maybe? Did it say? I, I can't. I don't remember noticing that. but Because, I mean, it was just the title screen. But maybe. Or did it was it smaller at the top? Like it, the word that would might have been. super ridiculous. Or, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Fox was just like, I mean, we don't own this shit anymore. Who gives a fuck? Well, I mean, I, I saw something through the internet grapevine that they were still editing the story as they were shooting. So oh, like they, oh, that's and, a good sign. And like they kept adjusting <laughs> things as it went. It felt like it because I hope that at some point someone knew what they were doing with those villains, with those aliens, because they just, they come out of nowhere. They do very little other than get beat up a lot, which they're like T-1000, so it doesn't matter because they just regenerate yeah, like, immediately. I have no idea they what their powers their shape. are. So, and, yes, they're shapeshifters, which made me think of, if you're a Marvel fan, it made me think of, uh, oh, I just forgot their names. Crap. They were in uh, Captain Marvel's yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, so no, what was Kree, it? Or? Yeah, the, yeah, the Kree. Oh, yeah. I thought That's that too. I it reminded me of that too, and I kind of had this weird thought. Was kind of like, did that? Is that what they wanted to use? But they're not part of the MCU yet, so they, so can't, they can't say the name. It, right. But if that's the case, then don't don't use it. Use something else, or don't use anything because the main villain could have been. It could have been a better conflict between Jean Grey and Professor X. That would have been enough to carry a story. They, that's what I was thinking. They had the idea there, but they just didn't follow through. And when we get to the end, where where everyone's facing off against Jean Grey, where she's still kind of the villain, it's done in a pretty uninteresting way. She sits at the top of a balcony where, like, three people just enter and talk to her like she's the queen, and then she kills them or does weird shit to them, and then the next person comes in and has their turn, and then it's their turn. And it's just like, what an uninteresting way to, sh to face off her against Magneto or her right. against uh, Professor X. Yeah, uh, no, okay, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. 
do you think that Cyclops is wearing the tightest shirt possible, or do you think he can find a tighter one? I thought it was well fitted. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to buy you some time. <laughs> the whole antagonist, it, they made no sense. They were totally out of place. I was going to say that I'm glad with how, I guess, the finished product in terms of how they showed Magneto and Eric. Same person. Yeah, um, the same person. Yeah, sorry. Like, he was off doing his own thing. Like, he mm-hmm. had, uh, he was, what's Happy and peaceful? Yeah. He Until was everyone else fucking shows exile, up. <laughs> supposedly, right? And... Yeah, I, I much prefer that because it shows that something happened from the previous stories, right? Um, since it is a sequel, it makes sense for him to finally have gotten past that point. I wanted to get into this a little later, but I guess I'll touch on it a little bit now. Um, how when Magneto gets back into the game, it's because he's enraged, right? No, I want to save this for the end. Or I guess I'll talk just about it, it now. Just do it. Just do it. Okay, so if if I were to change the theme, so we're gonna, it's gonna be, it's it's gonna be a change. That's fine. Okay. The only other thing I talk about openly about the movie is little things that I found ridiculous or annoying. Right. So I love nitpicking. And I'll get back to nitpicking. I guess I'll save that for later. But for the change. So the central theme. Okay, so if your main character is Jean. The whole idea is that she feels broken, right? They already introduced that sure. in the beginning, right? Yeah. And they, they had just followed that. She she does her best. Like I think she's already very apprehensive about what she can do. So after the space mission, she does her best. She doesn't do anything wrong. Um, mm-hmm. The thing comes into her, the phoenix, and then everything she does following that would kind of amplify her apprehension and her insecurity of doing anything right because she already feels broken so let's say okay after the party maybe she tries to do something right some little gesture and ends up fucking that up and then keep bringing that on so every time she does something um and then she feels like and of course all the reactions not not to middle school heightened smallest slight overreaction just like man you fucked up you fucked up my leg. I don't know. You were trying to help me, and I don't know. So sort of see a build where she's trying, where maybe she puts herself into exile over time because she just keeps fucking she everything keeps up. Fucking as opposed to up. she fucks up one thing at a party one time, and then she's like, I, I then she she seems to murder her boyfriend. Right. And then what? <laughs> That's what <you> <laughs> I can see how you thought that because it looks like he, he she snapped his neck and he's like, no, no. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's just like, don't go. I can help you or I, I don't care. And, and then she just waves her hand and he just fucking hits the floor. Right. <laughs> like that is at the very least that is domestic violence. <laughs> but it may not have been physical, <laughs> but the end result was still the same. But I see what you're saying. Let us get there. I know it's weird because we talked about the pacing, but let's get there, not necessarily more slowly, but more naturally. More naturally. Let us see how she's making everyone else around her kind of on edge, and then... And feeling uneasy with Because her. then you can see how it builds up in her head, because yes. that's the way the movie wants us to think. The movie wants us to think, no, it's not that other people did terrible things to her. She's built up such a horrible vision of herself in her head, but we don't get to see that happen. We just get to see her fucking toddler stomp around. Right. So in that, so Scott's position, and this is where I feel like they should have used Cyclops more. It was such a good opportunity for that character to shine. Because in a way, well, I guess the first three, um, was really about Charles Xavier and the forming of the X-Men. So the main theme, or the solution, I suppose, would be to kind of, it looks like she just happened upon Magneto's... She's, she's wandering through the forest. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, she's what's like... going on over here, guys? At first I was like, what... As, almost because it shows her from a distance just kind of looking at it as she's wandering through the forest yeah. I was like did she find like an elf camp <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like oh what are you guys doing here having a little cookout I didn't I did I do remember from the previous films that that Magneto does end up in a place like this but it just in this movie it, it comes so out of nowhere and that distance shot everything's kind of weird and colorful and built up it was yeah. it's like she fucking fern gully in there yeah so going back to the point, so she suddenly she comes uh, across Magneto, someone who has made lots of mistakes, who's killed many people, and people have not forgiven him. And in that, so she tries to reason her way out of that. So in her discussion with Magneto, it's still the same thing, yada, yada, yada. So go toward the end. Uh, with the way the movie ends, it has, it has the, the Dark Knight Rises ending is what it has. It does. It very much does. <laughs> they are in France. <laughs> Charles Xavier is hanging out in France. He's getting a cup of coffee, and Magneto shows up out of nowhere with a chessboard. Right? How fantastic would it be if just like in a table, a, a table, yeah. a table across the way is Batman? They do. They nod to each other. Universe crossover. 
<laughs> so in that, so here, here's another thing with the theme, with the unconditional love with people that, that so Charles Xavier's Their idea, friendship. Yeah, yeah, Charles Xavier's idea is that people are inherently good or they have mm-hmm. the capacity for good. And I think that's something that, that should have just continued through because in that, how he treats Magneto has always been that he's never been like, we're going to fucking off Magneto. We're never, right. He's yeah, never he's, been like, we're he's always kill. actually tried to reason with Magneto and all, in all, even not just this run of them, but even the previous, the previous run. one. Like he has always done nothing but try to reason with Eric. Yeah, exactly. And I think they should have gone with that because even how they ended that, that would have made a lot more sense. Even toward the end. So like, uh, so the big climactic scene is they're all in the train. I have a lot of nitpicking on that as well. I'm going to start with one. Why the fuck would you do a shot of people hanging on the ceiling of a fucking tunnel? You don't have to show just, that. Just just further confusing who these aliens who are. The what the fuck, fuck they're doing? Yeah, what can they do? I did not. I know they, they can, can shapeshift. They can fucking stick. They're to also the like fucking cockroaches, apparently, what or bats, or whatever. I don't even know what the fuck they can do. And then it's almost like a zombie movie when it shows them actually go onto the train, which it never shows them drop on the train, which you'd think would be the point of that. What it shows you later is them crawl up the sides of the train. Also, they were on the top, but also, well, yeah. So if they just done without that shot. Because what they do, they, they show that shot, and then it goes back to uh, all of the X-Men and the Brotherhood, I'll call them, um, being chained up. And they hear on the ceiling that people are walking on top of the train. If they had just done that, because I think anytime you show a tunnel for a train, you know something's about to go down. Yeah. You can just It has presume, a mystery to it. Right? It's... Like, they go through a dark tunnel, you don't know what's in there. And then for it to come out on the other side, that there are these aliens now on the top of it, it, may, it, it adds a little more suspense to it. Because now... Why would you show that shot? Because not only that, they were CG'd. They weren't like real people like hanging on. It was just all character-generated images. All right, sorry. Going back to the main point. So in the final battle, they're all on a train, and uh, yeah, they go into this fight, and every pretty much everyone is knocked down. Um, and there could have been a point where, and this is where I'm saying that Scott should have been like the crux of kind of showing uh, Gene the right way, kind of like in... Uh, Inside Out with sadness showing happiness. I've yeah. never seen Inside Out. You haven't seen it? W. What the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> okay, so to that point, it's where Scott now shows that regardless of any mistake she's done, he still loves her. He's still there for her. But they kind of fucked that up when he was like, ow, you're ripping my hand apart. Oh, did and you then not backs think, up. Did you not, <clears throat> did you not think, back the fuck up, Scott? Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you can see where the border of this power <laughs> thing is. You can just walk away from it, you piece of shit. <laughs> See, and I think, again, they dropped the ball on using these characters well because he is already supposed to have this really good attachment, this really strong connection with Jean. And for him to be that voice, the good voice to kind of bring her back would have been really good. If in that moment he would was been pleading to her that she's got she's under control, she's got it, as opposed yeah. to just being like, ah, my yeah. hand. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, Scott. No, Why that would have been, always that been a great like that would have been a great moment if he starts if he starts talking to her through the power storm. Yeah. And as the villain thing is telling her you can't control this, you can't, you know, and he's telling her yes you can, you know, that would have been yeah, that would have been a lot better. And even something along the lines of like who's going to want you now? Look at all the damage you have wrought. All everything that you've done. You've killed this many people. Who is going to accept you? And then you see Scott still reaching for Jean Grey, no matter what. Mm. And then you could even do like a, another shot of either Magneto or Xavier reaching over to each other to make sure that they're okay. Because then that you can also see their relationship from previous films because Xavier is mm. always reaching out toward Eric. And seeing that, that would have been a little more poignant and, you know, it would have clicked for her. And yeah, the whole yeah. the whole emotion thing would have been good, too. Since you're on the train scene, I do it. want to jump back in the movie a little bit, too, but yeah, on the train scene, that. when she wakes up and she decides... That she has, I think what she says is, I have to protect my family. Yeah. And then she proceeds to just wreak havoc on the entire train. Why was that? Like, I mean, when I say wreak havoc, she lifts the entire thing off the track, forms like a circle, crushes all the cars, makes them all roll across like city streets or like a warehouse district. She doesn't seem to hurt anybody. She protects all the people inside. But we already know that there is no amount of physical damage that will ever hurt these villains. So that huge bombastic show was for no reason. It doesn't do anything. Like, why did she do that? As soon as the aliens come up, she starts unmaking them is how I assume. She just... She just <laughs> they, Disassembles them. She, yeah, they just... She just rewrites reality that then they're not in it. 
She could have just done that with everyone sitting calmly on the train, too. Not calmly. They were all fighting, and that's fine. Yeah, but I, mean, I think that's always the problem with when you have some overpowered character. I think that's always the case. Granted, I did appreciate that. You could argue, it's just, you know, I just woke up. What am I going to do? I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to... I'm just going to wrap this train around. I mean, that is her character. She does just wake up and destroy shit. <laughs> At least it was for good this time, I guess. So, are we going on nitpicking stuff? Because I, I would love to go through that. Right kind now. of, yeah. I want to jump back uh, to... But I want to talk... Most, other than this, it'll probably be more smaller details. But I want to talk about the scene where she goes and meets Magneto. That's a scene where nothing really happens because she keeps asking him for answers. He's being completely honest and straightforward with her. But she won't tell him anything. And you see him get frustrated and ask the same questions over and over and over again. And I get it from the sense of, like, I get where he's coming from. He's a, he's a fully fleshed out character. But she just seems to be there just to piss him off. And then later, when the military comes to get her, she's spying on him by listening to his thoughts. And she can hear him protecting her, saying that she's not here or not willing to give up whether she is or isn't. And then she just walks out of the thing and starts fucking with the military helicopters. It's like, that's how you pay someone who's helping you? What yeah. are you doing? And then they have yeah. that weird, like, like they're both trying to take a shit real bad, where they're both trying to control the same Hold helicopter. I have, to, <laughs> I have to give it to Fassy Boy for this. I really, he sold me on being able to push shit, not through his ass, I mean, <laughs> to push magnetic metal. <laughs> You're just trying not to use the word shit now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really was. <laughs> I was really sold on his, and, and, uh, uh, Jean, uh, Sophie, Sophie Turner. Turner, yeah, on her doing it because you know there is really a weird way. The, the certain there's a certain body language that you need to really convey that you're Struggling there's some forward. effort in what you're doing because you know you could just wave your hand and it'd be nothing. <clears throat> yeah, no, I don't think I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I, I only phrase it that way because the shot of them doing it is like we talked about at the beginning, very long. It stays on them doing it for a very long time. And it cuts back and forth between them both struggling for a very long time. Right. And it's like, you could have conveyed that without me looking at their strained shit face for what felt like just a really long time. You could have just shown it happen and move the scene along. Right. Especially because her coming out to do that makes no sense. Him trying to stop her from doing it makes sense. And their struggle makes sense. But her just coming to him for help, asking a bunch of questions, answering none, and then foiling his ability to protect her, she's just, she, yeah. you just she don't like her. She comes just... from any place. Why would she do that? Yeah. So another nitpicky point. Why would you go into a death metal contraption that is being fought over by two mutants? Get on, oh, get on! Get on the helicopter! helicopter. Get, on, get on, the on the helicopter! Yeah. I'm Which, only I just mean, struggling against this person who's trying to. It's not kill level him. or anything. No, she could destroy it at any second, and he tells him to get on. And just just get like, on. okay. And they just start climbing aboard. <laughs> and I love the last one who could, couldn't even get on, which is kind of like, uh, uh, just trying to jump on, but only held on to the railing. They don't like Magneto, so if you see, if you see him struggling with this, <laughs> you'd be like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> I want to mention that. When I brought up uh, Jean Grey spousal abuse against Scott, um, she does that to her father too, which is also a form of domestic violence. When she walks, when the plane is landing and she's and he's telling her to stop because he thinks she's shaking the house, she says it's not me. She waves her hand and he passes out. I almost thought she, there's just going to be how she exits every room for the rest of the movie. She just fucking waves her hand and knocks people out. Um, Honestly, she didn't have to do that she is telekinetic so she could essentially just again it's it's a different form of spousal or you know domestic violence she would throw them across the room in that in the case of her father her father wasn't trying to stop her from leaving no he yeah. probably would have preferred if she left so she yeah. really didn't have to do it right exactly he does it for no reason also who calls the cops because she knocked him out maybe he did when he went to get a I, I, oh, I thought when it was kind of weird. Beforehand, yeah. before the conversation? With, like, you know, okay. with cinematic language, when they exit the room and they're very suspicious, Maybe. you know they're doing something off Okay, screen, I right? can see that. I yeah. mean, I'm not saying that that's exactly what happened, but... It's it, plausible. It, they sold it, yeah. They, it was plausible enough for them, or for him to do that. Why would you kill someone 
in the middle of a crime scene. They, when they, when you're, trying... you're referring to the aliens walking up, and also yes. the dad seems to just be sitting in his destroyed house, just waiting in the middle of a crime scene. Right. Even if top, even if cops were talking to him, they would have taken him somewhere else. Yes. You don't just sit in the living room where there's holes in your wall, <laughs> and there's windows where everyone can see. Yeah, so that scene where the they pose as FBI agents and they come in and, and interrogate the guy to get more information out of her, right? But do they ever use that kind of information again? No. They don't. They meet at they some random location. They want to know where she location. is, which he would have no idea right. where she went. He would have... This is the first... This is the one and only time they've met in 20 years. Right. He And she knocked him out when she walked out of the room. On top of that, they're trying to get more information out of him to, so they can find her. Now... His knowledge of Jean Grey, his, her, her father, only goes so far as to her being a, to a child, right? Right. Now, in Jessica Chastain's character, I don't even know her name. They don't even... They, they, they never I, ever I, If say they it. said it, it was once and under someone's breath because none of the villains have any identifying characteristics or names right. of, or backgrounds of any kind. Absolutely not. I mean, they might have said it during that when they were first introduced. It but, was subtitled under the, their normal language. Yeah, yeah but, exactly. But, also, who but nothing else was mentioned. Yeah. So... Oh crap, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, they met at a bar where Jean right. Grey was an old man. Right. The old man that was in Toy Story 2 that touches up Woody. <laughs> That's who she was posing as. Well, you gotta get it somewhere. <laughs> I, it took me a minute to understand what she was doing there, but I got it. She's projecting an image in other people's minds. That's what she was doing? Yeah, I can understand okay. that. Yeah, and she finds her... She finds Jean in a random bar. It's not... There's no... No investigation that they would have had would have led them to that bar. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So why even... <laughs> I don't even know. You uh, could have just fucking cut those aliens out of the movie they entirely. Could. Yeah, just and entirely. They don't do they, anything. It would have been a tighter story as well. But now, I mean, having that last battle, I kind of liked that last battle in the sense that you really got to see these characters really showcase their mutant their, their powers. Yes, because I have actually been wanting to see that. They do that really well for Quicksilver. You know, they had the two sequences for uh, Days of Futures Past and um, Apocalypse. Those were great. Which is the one where the building's crumbling and he's... That's uh, Apocalypse. Okay, that was a good sequence. That was a really cool yeah. use of Quicksilver. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, thought, I also thought it was kind of clever the I way I do they... remember part of Apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> we were actually talking earlier about... Uh, Richard had asked... <laughs> if this was the third or the fourth, yeah, fourth. movie? <laughs> I said this was the fourth. Uh, because Apocalypse... Uh, yeah, it really didn't... Uh, it was disappointing. Days of Futures Past was amazing. Was it was great. Yeah, I had to watch that a few times. It was really good. But Apocalypse was it was weakly put together, which this one's kind of the same. For like Nightcrawler, I like that because it really reminded me of when they first introduced Nightcrawler in X Men Two, um, in the White House scene, right? What he was doing. And when you're talking about the original X Men trilogy. In yes, this with Brian Singer. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, X Men X Men Two X Men United. The best X-Men movie, you mean? That's called X-Men United? What yeah. was the third one called? I forgot. The Last Stand. Oh, God. Probably the worst X-Men right, movie. Yeah. Which is why... But, yeah. I guess at least that one was probably more fun than this, but this was... I, I don't know if this is worse than that. It's not. No, I feel like okay. The Last Stand... Last Stand, they tried to do too much. They really botched up the whole Phoenix thing. They <laughs> That's let... right. They were both Phoenix stories. Yeah, That's this right. is why I said this is <laughs> attempt number two. Oh. Uh. Maybe someday Disney will get it right, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Okay, but going back to Nightcrawler... Sorry, this is a nitpicky moment, or maybe not. Because, okay, he's an X-Men. They are supposed to be the kind of like the representatives of bringing people together. There's a scene that I want, that I wish they had done better. I feel like they were on the cusp of using something really well, but then there's no follow-through. Anyway, so Nightcrawler just ends up starts killing people yeah like, yeah like straight up he gets daggers he has his tail and he goes stabby stabby land on everyone after he sees that military guy, guy die which we don't know anything we don't about know. that military guy and why, that's the point i was why is he so upset about that guy that he then becomes a murderous rampager see and this is where i think they didn't use that scene well that guy because when he first when you first see him he's like you know my kids looked up to you or something like that i forget it was something along those lines and so, and of course they cut to a shot of Kurt taking it personally, and I think they could have used that more. Maybe they had planned on it, and uh, that ended up being on the editing room floor, right? Then they continued to edit as they shot it yeah. out of the movie. <laughs> Just out of it. Because there was, I think if they were to use that scene well, it would have been Kurt trying to uh, convince the guy to let 
all of them go when the aliens first arrive. Mm -hmm. Where Kurt is finally able to convince that soldier to release them, and he tries to help him out, and because he wasn't able to save him, he feels more responsible. And, of course, kind of goes on a rampage. That could be a little bit more acceptable, but yeah, it was again. It was just kind of weakly. It was, executed. It was a, another character motivation that someone does the smallest thing, or and someone has the biggest possible reaction to it. Yes, again. I mean, granted, this was a legendary situation, but still, like the personal choice of his losing his emotional stability over this dude is such an overreaction for anyone. From what we've seen. I do agree with you that I, th I think... Well, for one, all the special effects are fine. Like, the movie is... <clears throat> they spend a lot of money on this movie. And when the X-Men fight, it is often interesting. But in case you're wondering if that's reason enough to see the movie out there, listeners, that doesn't happen that much. It is mostly long, dramatic shots of people hugging and crying. That's mostly what this movie is. Yeah, for a bulk of it. That's where I'm thinking toward the end. I wanted to see more of that. Granted, it was still kind of loosely... More of the fighting or the hugging and the crying? Uh, the hugging and crying, obviously. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, the fighting. Because um, it, it did look good when it happened. It, you know, uh, <laughs> I, Sorry, I just, I just got a flash of when the military captures them and they they have them all on collar. Like, they have them all on yeah, leashes, like, dragging them like, like the indigenous puppies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the, oh, God. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, um, it was just... These guys are supposed to be... And they're the X-Men. Like, I can understand if Beast is throwing people around. And, of course, that is that unspoken language where if you throw them against the wall and they're just kind of, they go to sleep, they're still alive. That's just the movies, right? I mean, their spines are crumbled and yeah. they have traumatic brain injuries that will but probably they're, they're lead them breathing. to be paralyzed right. or kill themselves later in life. But, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. I mean, also, Nightcrawler doesn't successfully kill people, I don't think, because they seem to come back. It was, it was a really weird moment when well, Nightcrawler only really attacks the the aliens, which are yeah borderline immortal. It seems exactly. That's what I mean. Like I don't think he did anything successfully, but yeah. still, he went in with the intent of killing people. Mm -hmm. uh, the other case was that it seemed like they dwindled down the numbers of the aliens, like from World War Z. Like they were just kind of like crawling up on each other yeah. just to get to the train. Um, They're mixes of zombies and T one thousands. Yeah, that's they're just a combination <laughs> of those two things. Pick one. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's for a second, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got them all. And then it cuts to another shot to where there's, like, millions... Not millions more, I'm exaggerating. But there are plenty more. There, It seemed like there were a lot more than what they originally had. Yeah. they. I think it was suggested a little bit that they were... They, are they continued to expand after they arrived. Because she says to all these nameless characters... Uh, let the others know or someone says it to someone at some point about about finding her and then they say it again when it's about killing her in case they can't steal the power from her right which also how does that help you i don't know i don't understand what they wanted no, the antagonist really I, had no i just don't get it it was all cliche bad guy kind of thing i'm gonna push us into changes now though uh okay we're we're making good time here i would have restructured the biggest thing is i would have cut out the aliens entirely and I would have tried to up use that time, not even necessarily shorten shorten the movie, because the movie we noted isn't actually that long. It feels a lot longer than it is because of its quality. Right. <laughs> but I would I wouldn't so I wouldn't cut the aliens out and get rid of that time to make it shorter. I would use that time to do some of what you described, which is just getting us into Jean Grey's head a little bit better. Yep. And then maybe giving us a better showdown at the end between her and the X-Men. Show us a good action sequence of them trying to fight her, but knowing they don't want to kill her, but somehow contain her. And then My, you have that extra tension of their fighting. It could be mortally dangerous for them, but almost not for her. And then you can have this... And because her power is so extravagant, it would seem like they're up against impossible odds. And because you know that someone like Scott and Xavier love her so much, that... Also, the fighting is so difficult for them on that respect. And just show show us her unmaking or remaking reality while they're trying to figure out how they can. I don't know if the, I don't know if her power was really more of like reality bending. That's more. No, I know. More Wanda. <clears throat> but it is though, it because that's when the the aliens. The one useful thing they do is describe what the power is, which is terraforming think, planets. Right. It is. It's not. It maybe not be Infinity Stone style uh, reality bending, but it is a form of it. But here's the thing. I think that was very 
illogically put together. They introduce that power, but you've never seen any form of that. Right. She describes what it is. It's just it just seems like a physical force. It looks like it looks like she just get angry. She just gets angry and bad shit happens. It, it doesn't Lips look things, like there's yeah. any any productive nature to it whatsoever. Because uh, what if there was a time when she what about that scene when she's with Scott and Scott's kind of worried about her and she just seems really fucking horny for him? What if because she was in a good mood at that point like a tree group. <laughs> we see some other some aspect other of her aspect emotions of, yeah. making the power come out. Right. If they had done that, uh, I'm not saying I would be on board of that. It was just, I, but, I didn't put any thought yeah. behind that. It was just, yeah. because, I, we, I see because we don't know it. what yeah. her power is and right, what it's exactly. there for. I, but I think, here, my problem with that is that it kind of, it would rehash all the things that the other X-Men had done previously. It was always against one. Whereas I liked this where they had different X-Men actually dealing with other ones right because they're a team they're supposed to kind of deal with like it's supposed to be the you antagonist mean, is supposed to be they're supposed to be uh they're more against them previous installments there's always the whole x-men against one person the last one was x-men versus apocalypse mm-hmm. right and then previous to that was x-men versus magneto first time I, uh, Days of Future's the only time i can think of when it was team versus team is the very first, first x-men one. movie mm-hmm. it is really magneto's team versus xavier's team there's that the, the sequence in new york at the end by the statue of liberty is the teams fighting each other it's right. not just i mean sure maybe in the last moment it's against magneto but the the culmination of the action sequence is the teams against each other right uh i hate to bring this up but even the last stand it was also that too yeah I mean, this movie does it, just not at the end. It does it and that's right okay. before. But I'm okay with that. But the case was, they kind of did that with Apocalypse. Sure, they, the X-Men were uh, battling against the, the Horsemen, but it was still not that... I don't know. It didn't have that sort of a concerted effort that I was thinking of. I don't know how it would change the ending, uh, because it would almost seem kind of hypocritical for everyone to be attacking Jean and be like, hey, hey, we accept you. You know, I just mean to control her somehow. You'd have to have some other device in the movie that shows a way to control her, which that's the problem with that. Is the only ones who could possibly is the aliens. I wish we knew why, but yeah, that would be the problem. Is that she is so powerful, she is undefeatable except for an otherworldly force or some. But you could have also dug deep into the Marvel canon and found somebody who probably could have done it. Yeah, I mean. Maybe that's what they did, but they just didn't tell us who they were. Yeah, it would if they included the Shi'ar Empire in some way. That would have been something, which is another outer space kind of thing. Mm. It also involves with Scott's background. I um, do know a lot of the problems with the X Men movies is that they can use a very specific amount of Marvel stuff and not other things. Just like Marvel, up until before the Disney acquisition, was not allowed to say the word mutants. Right. Um, which is why they would, even though they had characters like Quicksilver in some of those movies, mm-hmm. they would never call him a mutant. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a... In fact, they were kind of uh, constructed because of the uh, the Infinity Stone. Do you have specific changes that you'd like to make? Um, you didn't like the horny tree idea, so... <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> that would have made more sense, but I'm not saying I would be on board with that. Um... What was that? Well, I already gave my main point with if they had tightened up the central theme, um, they could have gotten to that. I think more people would have been on board because if if you see someone who's like really trying their hardest and just always fucking up, not and you know and so it makes it seem like they can't even trust their own faculties, right? You would at least have sympathy for them, right? Which and that's, we don't have for Jean right and now. And we we would I think that would have drawn in the audience a little bit more. Um, yeah, so that would have been my main thing, and then also seeing how that the people in her family are actually acting out this philosophy. Everyone has the capacity for good. Family will love you unconditionally in some, I mean, so to speak. With Scott always reaching out to her and Xavier even reaching out to a Magneto who has killed many, many people. Um, yeah, uh, another change I would have had was, I think, having Cyclops as more of a prominent character. Um, it makes sense because if you center, if you center your story on Jean Grey... Her significant other makes a sense for a pretty prominent character. Exactly. But like every X-Men movie, Cyclops is never that important. Why? I really... <laughs> Even though he's the leader me... of the X-Men in much of the comic universe. Oh. <laughs> and he's got such good character arcs, too. Um, sometimes they've gotten kind of bad. But, like, he is supposed to be an extension of Charles Xavier, right? And he's the man with the vision, right? <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's the man with the vision. He's supposed to carry out Xavier's wishes. He's supposed to be this paragon of this idea that, you know, everyone can live, they can coexist. Um, everybody's got problems, but no matter what, they still come together. 
And I think he would have been a great example. Like, it would have been great because, like, uh, everyone's questioning Xavier's actions. But his motives were always there. And, yes, again, it was just a small white lie, but people seem to be hanging in for that. <laughs> but then they could kind of see, like, hey, this is something that I taught my students and then so on and so forth. Right. And Cyclops would be a good example of that. And, I don't know, Beast's motivation on suddenly wanting to kill one of his students. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could have you could have gotten there in some way if he was coasted away because he was grieving, but... But like everything in the movie, he just has this knee-jerk reaction, which is the complete, the most extreme. I mean, if you were to try to include the antagonist, I mean, I would have gotten more... I would have fleshed out their background a little bit more. And maybe... Like, they had mentioned the idea of the Phoenix Force. Maybe they're, maybe there's something in the Marvel Universe for this, but I'm not entirely sure. They could essentially create a new set of characters, these aliens. Their entire entire system is based on, like... This is a perfect leader, and this is what we want, right? And that's why they all follow Chastain's character to the point where it seemed like she would be the best person to absorb the Phoenix Force. And all so, that the, stuff. so at least you have some reason why she's the main villain, why instead she's of she's main. just one of them, whoever they are, right? And they're a perfect race. They keep saying stuff like that, like you know, we're the better ones, and uh, <laughs> where's your fucking planet uh, then? Right, exactly. <laughs> that's that's what I first thought of when they were talking about that. I was like, where? Why are you guys on the run then? <laughs> You're so fucking perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But then, uh, yeah, I mean, that could, that could have tied in a little bit more. Because they suggested their planet was destroyed, right? Yes, yeah, okay. by the Phoenix Force. Yeah. It came Which, to their planet. Perfect races don't let it happen. <laughs> anyway, so that's, that, that would have been an idea. It's a little on the nose, and but it, it, it serves as a direct foil. I mean, you're coming up her. with something out of nowhere because the movie gives you so little. So, yeah, right. I mean, it would definitely help, right. help flesh I don't even them know. out. You yeah. can flesh them out in almost any way, who though. The, who the fuck are these aliens? <laughs> so if you're already going to have some nondescript alien come into the, to become the main antagonist, you might as well do that. Yeah, sure. Are you ready to jump into Final Thoughts? you have more changes or just really quick things you want to note on uh, as we wind down? Thoughts. We can go to Final Thoughts. I have some things that... It's not all bad. I did. I did like some stuff. Uh, why don't you start in final thoughts? Since I just mine will be pretty simple. Like I, it is a it, the special effects are great. There's not a whole lot of action. It's pretty good. The movie is bombastic. It uses music in shots and editing to make it make you feel like you're supposed to have emotions for things the movie never gives you emotions for. So for that reason, I found it to be a pretty big dud because that means it wants to be this big emotional movie, but it wasn't that. And the action was kind of too little and even too contained for me in some situations. It there was it never got so big that you were like, okay, it's cool, this is worth it. You never had this huge thing. So it just kind of failed on both sides for me. Like it, it looks pretty, but that's kind of where it ends. I will agree with you on the on the whole using editing magic to kind of force an emotion. I think they always have this 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 struggle with trying to do something really really big, but I think if you had something personal like what you were describing with Jean Grey versus the X Men. That would have been very personal, and everyone, the stakes would have been really high on that. I would have been on board with that, but I, again, I was, the complaint is that I think they've done that quite enough, always against one person. Um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there were a lot of things that I liked. The aesthetics, um, the visual details, um, especially with a, a lot of the body movements, as I was just saying about, like, with uh, Jean Grey and Magneto, with their trying to push yeah, yeah. metal um yeah that was really it was really good and i liked how they uh at least with jean gray whenever she would go into the sky or come down it was like it was a very deliberate like landing it didn't seem like you know she had too much weight and, like i don't sure, know it was just um, it was it was nice and it clean. looked like she was in control of it. yeah exactly and I, I know it's a small detail but i really did appreciate that no, it's good i personally didn't feel like xavier did anything terribly wrong mm. but it seemed the movie was trying to translate that to his little white lie being something like murdering a child and that he had to abscond to France. I, I, I mean, the movie doesn't isn't necessarily so explicit about that. I, you don't see what happens between the final battle and that sequence. But they, He could have very well just resigned because he didn't want it, because he felt like he failed and people didn't necessarily drive him out. But here's what, here's the clincher. Scott walks over to the front of the property and changes it to the Jean Grey school. It to the Jean Grey school, which means like, "Fuck you, Xavier! Fuck you oh, for yeah. lying! Get out of this!" <laughs> Thanks for saving these three hundred children, <laughs> yeah. you piece of shit. <laughs> exactly. It's like, why? 
they do that? I don't know. And there is not necessarily any... I know you don't like extended denouements, but I think there wasn't really much of any... Again, you don't understand what happened there. We both we both just said we two completely plausible takes that the movie doesn't tell you which one happened. Exactly. Yeah. So um, there were some... Okay, so final thoughts. There were some really great moments in terms of action. Uh, story-wise, it was, a, it was all over the place. At, uh, at one point, one part that made me laugh was that the first time that Eric... Magneto and uh, Charles Xavier see each other. Charles comes up behind him and says, Eric, old friend. And Magneto says, so no old friend this time. It's always a speech and no one cares. And I was like, yeah, no one does care. That's a, that's a summary of this movie. Is That's how I felt by that time in the movie. Huh. Is He's sorry. You're right, no one it. cares. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but see, I really like that sequence when they're all trying to race into the house. Yeah, it was good. It was great. I was um, actually, I, when he was messing with the ground, it was pretty surprising to me he pulled up a subway car. I thought he was going to rip up pipes or something. It was pretty good. I thought that was good. And I also liked seeing Xavier actually in the fight. Yeah, actually doing stuff. Participating He's actually in, participating. Because yeah. in the original X-Men, he only lifted, he kept people from shooting. Right. Right. That was, and like quieted everyone. Yeah. That's That's cool and all, but... Being a part of the whole action, oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's, really uh, they, it's too bad they didn't give us more of that. Yeah, and then Xavier moonwalking up the stairs. Yes, uh, Jean Grey does ask him to walk and then force him to walk with telekinesis <laughs> in something that is pretty horrifying. It is bloodbending from Avatar: The oh, Last Airbender. Totally if you are used, to, if you know what that reference I, is, yeah, I, I laughed my ass off when he's like, "Oh yeah, walk up here." I was like, "You're asking a cripple to walk <laughs> up the stairs." Almost like she wasn't. Almost like she was just kind of insulting. Yeah, it's insulting. <laughs> I was dying. Yeah, oh, it was so good. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm sorry for people we're who, gonna, are, who are. No, we're definitely going to leave it there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that's Ted's final thought. Okay. Um, thank you for listening to what is now the Character Arc Podcast. I'm Richard Bertelson. I'm Ted, I guess. And you can. <laughs> You can now. You can very soon, if not already, find us at characterarc.net. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Character Arc, on Twitter at Character Arc. You are probably listening to us either on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Anchor.net. If you're not listening to one of those three, then you can listen to the other ones and like and subscribe and comment on SoundCloud right now or on our social media and let us know if we got the Cree thing wrong because if there's anything that comic book fans will do they will probably tell us that we got oh, something totally about Cree. comic yeah, book I, wrong sometimes <laughs> when I'm talking about things yeah, yeah it's uh, a little but terrible. by all means let us know what you think and we are going to be doing this uh, every week with some other stuff coming along too we're going to have some other podcasts hopefully some videos some written articles on our website once that goes live so we really appreciate you for tuning in and we'll see you next time yeah look forward to it See you guys next time.